Famcast Media. Jeff, I, I, I didn't go live. I'm live right now. Oh, I fucked up. Now. Yeah, I fucked up. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at everything and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, motherfuckers. Hey, well, I'm so excited. This is round two. The, the audio was on, though. The audio was on, though. So the audio was on. You'll catch that last eight minutes on the audio. All right. So, yo, I gotta tell you what I'm Saved your life. Yes. It's, it's, it's coming back to me right now. Yes. I would love to hear your rendition of this So, story. this is my side of the story. I don't know if you remember this at all. Uh, so, when we were, uh, we, we played a show in New Jersey. Like, we went to Ohio. Greatest state in the world. Yeah. I gotta pump my steak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was like deep South Jersey. Oh damn, uh, man, never mind, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. And I remember, like, at the end of the night, there was this like cute girl there, and I started chatting her up, and uh, um, like, and I had no shit. Well, she was talking to me too, so I had no fucking idea. And I'm sitting there talking to her, chatting her up. And next thing you know, this monster of a New Jersey dude comes walking over. And what like, the? Yeah, and he's like, bro, you're fucking talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, uh, uh, like, who's a big boy? And I'm like, ah, shit, man, how the fuck is that? And I don't remember how it happened. But I was like, yo, what are you? I said, I wasn't flirting with him. I said, you know, I got my girlfriend right over here. Jet City comes over. And he's like, hey! And she, like, puts her arm around me. She's like, hey, honey, I don't know if you remember this. I remember, he was like, this is my man. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Since fucking well, once you joined Kitty, I started just diving into your fucking your your whole you know, I don't know discography, biography, or whatever you know. Um, it's been a wild adventure, and, and it's interesting because sometimes in life you don't stop and reflect on all the crazy things that you've worked on and all these different accomplishments and milestones that you hit. And um, I've actually been talking to someone about you it would be really interesting to do a documentary of the wild adventure, especially when 
uh, in Joni Kitty, and even before Joni Kitty and me, there's a band called Spine out of the Washington, D.C. metro area. And we ended up on a television show called uh, Spine, no, called a Farm Club, which was a brainchild of the head of Geffen Records and the head of Interscope Records. And it was a TV show that was on right after wrestling. Oh, this shit. is when wrestling was hot. Nah. It was so cold. Steve Austin was out there. Oh, you're doing the Attitude Era shit. Yeah, right this there. is the Attitude Era. There's like, you smell what the rock is cooking. <laughs> you know, this is like, uh, everybody was watching. They were doing millions uh, in their ratings. And that show was strategically put on right afterwards. So it ended up getting you know, a huge audience. And they had a portion, an online portion. And this is when I... It was like I saw the power of the internet and understood. What year was it? Right. This is this is the late nineties. Okay. This is the late nineties, and there was MP3.com. If you can believe that, oh, shit. we were like at the top of the charts. Spine was for that because we were driving anyone that would get online to go to our website, which is findbc.com at the time. We would just drive people to that, drive people to that, and we're number one. So we had a lot of exposure. Farm Club got a hold of that, and we ended up. Then we ended up on their platform, on their website. Was what, I'm sorry, you could have, was Farm Club kind of like a Bandcamp kind of thing back then, or was, like or a baby version of it? It was similar. It was something, honestly, for for between Geffen and Interscope to suss out who is popular online mm -hmm. and who in their hometowns is really bringing an audience. I mean, it's like doing the A and R work for them essentially at that time, right? right, right. right? So. And those um, that so that being the brainchild, we end up on their platform, and we have continuously been putting number one as well. Like our fans were just all about it. We had a song called Honor that was up, and if you hit number one, it put you in a spot to possibly be on the show itself. And guess what? We won, and we ended up on the show. Okay. And it was, and from there, just everything went true because it put us on uh, immediately in front of the national audience. And actually, that's how the girls from Kitty, because they were also booked on that show. It was Kitty, Disturbed, and Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, shit. And we are about the story. I met Eminem that day as well. Oh, yeah. And, and the fuck up, was he doing there? He did it with him and chatted with him, which is like, you know what? Like, his management and, and came over and he's like, well, you, why are you two talking? And he's like, oh, I just met her. She seems cool. And I was like, yeah, he's Eminem. So I'm going to talk to him. Yeah. But he was filming, uh, oh, I am, what if I say I am? He was no. filming that video in another studio. That's that second album out. shit right there, huh? Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. I'm dating myself and I didn't know it. But <laughs> it is, uh, their studio was adjacent to the studio to where we filmed Farm Club. And so it was a wild night. Queens of Stone Age, those were really cool dudes. The guys uh, from Disturbed were awesome. Uh, David Adam, what the things to say about he. Uh, watched our entire set. We exchanged information. He introduced us to his head of A&R and his people. I mean, a lot happened because of that. But the key thing that happened was that time with the girls from Kitty. You know, I'm a homegirl from the D.C., New York City area, going back and forth. You know, I, those girls are from Canada. How the fuck was I going to meet them? And we ended up being on that show together. And it was it was like cater. It was lunchtime. They're sitting at catering. You bet your ass I sat right there at that table. Was was that was that was was that Kitty with uh, Talina or or before? That was a Kitty with Talina. Okay. And, and it was you, you quickly caught on to the vibe something was afoot. Right. Something mm -hmm. was going on, but those girls were awesome. Uh, either way, right? Yeah. Valerie was still in the group. Uh, Talina was there. That's her name. 
Yeah, so that's. <laughs> I, yeah. I know. I don't think I know. <laughs> <laughs> And then it was just like, it was instantaneous. You know, when you meet someone or you meet people and you're like, yeah, I got your vibe. It was like that. And so um, David Lander, their manager, father at the time, made you rest in power. He came, him and I exchanged information when we kept in touch over the, the few short months. I wanted to go see them at the 930 Club in Washington, D.C. I was, I was hanging out with my moms uh, down there where she lives and went to that show. The show was incredible. And he literally handed me a sheet of paper, which was their set list, and he goes, I need you to learn these songs, and I'm going to be giving you a call soon. The sure shit he did. That quick? It was that, it was, it was, it was a fall tour. It happened that fast, and I actually officially joined the band on my birthday, March 20th. Wow. And we were down in South by Southwest. Pisces? I am a Pisces area. There we baby. fucking go. All right, I'm March 13th, man. There we go. Let's go. I, you know, I have my sense of moments about Aries but I digress. So it was South by Southwest because we were, the times we had hung out, it had been at their shows or I was playing, they were playing, whatever. And it, we I, I flew, we all flew down South by Southwest, got hammered in the streets of Boston, as, as most do at South by Southwest. <laughs> well, South by Southwest is very interesting now because a lot of tech is taking over that. I'm not saying music isn't a component, but it's an it isn't as large. Before, it was an all-music festival, and that's what it was. If you wanted to be seen, heard, meet different people in the industry, you would go down there as well. You could figure out a cool playing studio. Right, right, right. So we, South by Southwest, we hang out, we party, and honestly, it was just to catch each other's vibes. Like, are we going to be getting along? This is a band that is literally sitting at the top of the charts right now at this moment. Just recently got off a tour with Slipknot. I just done a run with Chimera. And it was like, hey, are you going to vibe or not? And that's how it is with, for those who are listening and, and have been in bands or are currently in bands or want to be in bands, that vibe, you got to do the vibe check. Yeah. You got to do the vibe check. So we were doing the vibe check. And the vibes were good. We had some great skate. We did the thing. And they officially asked me to join the band on March 20th. Went home for only three days, got my entire life together, and then was on tour for the next nine months. Wow. So it was it was fast and furious, but like I mentioned before, Dave gave me heads up like, here's a set list, learn these songs. And in fact, fun little fact, they had we had talked about would you be interested in, in, in possibly playing guitar versus bass? And I literally said, Hang tight, you'll need bass players. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice. laughs> wow, that's so, wild. Yeah, so it's uh and then off to the moon we went. I mean, one of my first shows. My what first, was what was the first tour? Like, what band you had? So we did the first three shows I did with Kitty were like at random kind of tiny clubs that were way there's way too many people there and outside and everything. I mean, it was bananas. It was a fun. Night. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I, one of them was in Providence, Rhode Island, and that was just like, it was complete sea of people madness. Because you got to remember, TRL was still a thing. Kitty was on TRL. Yeah. I mean, it was like, who was the fucking people? Was it Club Baby then? Was that side? It, it might have been, I mean, the name of the club that's escaping but it was maybe 2000 no, probably we had smaller than that. Yeah, but that's great. That's awesome. Which is awesome. I mean, right, I'm not. Right. I'm not. Even if it was a 500 seat or whatever right, right, right. Uh, capacity, rather great. You know, but it was. It was a little bit bigger. But when you walked in, allegedly maybe 2,000 people could be in there. But okay. you were like 
standing on each other's toes kind of kind of vibe. But we did that and I was like, wow. You know, I've, I've had the pleasure of knowing other people in larger bands and all of that, but it was so much of a different experience you actually being in that band and being that headliner people you know, starting to, to, to freak out when they meet, really freak out when they meet you or try to grab you and all this wild shit. Right. So I wasn't, you know, I didn't have experience like that yet. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. like, I, I was the, the person helping run the band, writing music, writing songs. I was, I will toot my own horn. I was great at marketing the, the fucking bands I had been in prior, but to that kind of like recognition, I, I was like, ah, no one's going to know who I am yet. And uh, pfft, dead ass. No, that didn't work at all. So Providence Rhode Island was, that was a, a learning lesson. And then we played this, oh my God, it was with hate breed, this like huge, like stadium inside stadium show. And my, I believe it was myself and Mercedes. Uh, we, we, there was like this interview portion, very much like this, uh, for the big rock station that's there in Connecticut or was there in Connecticut at the time. Hopefully they're still holding strong. And then after that, it was just bananas because then people, you know, online, they were like, oh, here is this chick from Spine. Here's, here's the new person because, you know, the last bass player, a lot of people were like, I guess, you know, fans of like, who is this new person? You know, you're the new person, right, you know, some people going <laughs> to metal fans have feelings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Metal fans have feelings. You're yeah. replacing this person. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it didn't matter if I could play a Jaco Pastoris style bass. Uh, you know, I was just going to be like, whatever. Yeah, it takes a while for people to warm up to your vibe. Oh, of course. And I didn't give a shit because I was like, I know who I am and what I do. And, and you don't have to vibe with it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. But, unfortunately, you know, people caught on with the shits and it was good. But the hate breed thing, that was wild. One, I'm a huge hate breed, hate breed fan. And I w- it was just... It was like a whirlwind those three days. And then the third show, it might have been uh, Harpo's in Detroit. Okay. And that was, I was like, holy shit. Because that's like an hour and a half away from the girl's hometown in, in London, Ontario, Canada. So a lot of folks from Canada going over the border. And then that was just like a serious hotbed for, for Kitty. Right. Because uh, that was like their neighboring town in a way, only an hour and a half away and you get to play in the States. So it was sick. I think it was that as a third show for me. And then we went out immediately to support Oracle. So it was like those three runs and it was like, Oh my God, I think it was just a couple days. And then we immediately went out. I want to say it was with kill switch engage and poison the well, but I really can't remember. Uh, It might've been with um, that was, that was one of my favorite tours we ever did. But I really wish I kind of went through and, and refamiliarized myself with. And you were doing that as a three piece, though, right? We did it as no, we did it as a four piece. We four had piece? yeah, we had Jeff who and okay, uh, beforehand right. he was a tech for the band, but mm-hmm. then he had stepped in to play guitar, and then we were like, we loved it. Like the vibe was awesome between the four of us, and we just called ourselves, um, what did we call ourselves? A, a Dude band with three chicks in it. <laughs> and we were like going to make shirts and all that, all that shit. But uh, fast forward a couple years and, and different labels being interested in the band. Uh, we did, we, we ended up getting Lisa into the band um, so we could go back to being um, all female. Right, 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 right. That must have been pretty fucking amazing though. Go from going from a smaller band to being thrown into, you know, 
it's got to be wild. It's got to be a fucking wild ride. Yeah, I am. My goodness, I'm so glad I have such an incredible support system. Yeah, of of family and friends, people who would tell it to me straight, no matter what is going on, because that it can be a lot to handle. Yeah. You know, for one minute, you you know, you're you're the big fish in this little pond, so to speak, and then the next minute, you're like, oh, people are like crying when they meet you or they got your face tattooed on them holy shit or they think or they propose and they brought a ring and you're like bro bro now i feel better i didn't bring on to get signed but i feel feel silly about it no no it's not that always bring shit but like think twice before you tattoo it or you do it if you want i'm 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 you do your own vibe i love i love when people get wild with it but it was just so instantaneous It, it, it happened really fast so i'm really i'm so grateful that i had that great support system to keep keep me level headed and to keep like Hey, this is what you've worked so hard for. Yeah. This is when you were just a little girl, 14 years old, playing in clubs, having to have possibly your parents there just lying about your age straight up yeah, so you yeah, can yeah, get yeah. into the fucking club <laughs> yeah. and, and to perform. And, and you did all this. You made all these sacrifices. I had family members upset with me because I wanted to be a musician versus um, going into the CIA, right? right, right. I, I had different opportunities. They're like, you know, you're an A-plus student. You should be doing this. You're going to be doing that. You're turning down this college. And it was like, yeah, because I'm going to be successful at this. Yeah, yeah. And and this is my love. This is my passion. Fuck, this is what CIA, I want to do. The CIA, dude? The CIA. Fuck. I, was, I was in the Washington, D.C. area. You know, they're always looking for unique candidates. Right, right, right. So... I, you know, I had a lot of different opportunities that were completely not related to music and music was my heart and soul and love. And I knew I could be successful at it or I was just going to die trying. Yeah. So fortunately I didn't die. And, <laughs> and I, I stuck to my guns because, uh, I'm a go-getter by, yeah. by trade, you know? Right. And so I wasn't, I wasn't like some shy you know, girl in the corners like, oh, I don't want. I said Aries coming out of you, bro. That's the Pisces. That's what I'm saying, that's the man. That's, that's a, the Pisces will write the saddest shit song for <laughs> yeah. you, the mad stuff. And then the Aries comes in and is like, all right, let me punch my way to the front. Yeah, you're like, like fuck oh, you. Yeah, my yeah, dad yeah. has always told me, oh, this little type A personality you have, my God. You know, <laughs> but again, shout out to like my real family, my real friends who who kept me like. Made sure, you know, none of that rock star bullshit got into my head or or nothing like that. Because the same people that you see all the way on your way up, you will most certainly see, you know, cruising on back down and and getting back down to the, you know, the the, the smaller venues and and maybe doing your own thing and taking a, you know, betting on yourself and and doing that. So, and and plus you should, there's no reason to be that way anyway. Right. I I like to say, I, I like to think rather that a big reason people like still working with me 20 plus years later with a hosting or, Hey, when is Gen city coming out with another album, getting, getting label interest, all of that uh, all attributes to the attitude and the vibe yeah. of not being, you know, a total piece of trash. Yeah, no, it's funny. You've been coming into lucky 13 for a long time and you still always come in, you know, very humble and you're still rocking out karaoke with us and like hanging and like, always, yeah, I've always been, uh, always. always been, it's great. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think your, your, your vibe, your attitude is, is, is a tremendous part of it. You could be an incredible songwriter. You could be a badass musician, but listen, nobody likes working with you or no one likes working with your band. 
you could be packing out the house. They'll, they'll probably book you because you're packing out the house and it makes good, it's a good business decision, but right. they might not be so prone to put you on. Yeah, no, it, it only goes so far. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you're so going to get prima donnas who are, you know, yeah. whatever, have that The, the biggest prima donnas have always been at the local level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a saying at Lucky 13, don't be a douche. Yeah. 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 And it's not, it's, it takes effort to be a douche. Yeah, and it's really, I have to say, you know, the bands that we book here a lot, some of the, like, the smaller bands, like, they're fucking, they act like rock stars. I'm like, bro, like, really, man? Like, you know, you're bringing in 20, 30, 20 people, and you're acting like that? Like, it's like, what the fuck? You know, I promise anyone. you. I pro Anyone listening or watching this later on or, or whatever's going on, it is always, it, uh, sad truth, sorry. Yeah. It has always been at the local level that I've met the biggest rock stars, and I'm like, you brought 40 people. I'm not shitting on that, but yeah, yeah. can you bring 400 people in? Yeah. Yeah. Or how about 4,000? Yeah. Don't be a now dick. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Because <laughs> that's not the vibe. Yeah, no, 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 no. So, so you did, wait, did, you, did you kitty up until? I did kitty up until 2005. So okay. I was there right at the start of uh, 2002. Uh -huh. We did Ozfest Europe. That was one of my first European uh, trips out with the girls. That was bananas. Yeah. That was crazy. And I will never forget Portugal. Um, gosh, I can't remember who. I don't think it was Drowning Pool. I can't remember which band. We, there was a. We were one of the 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 last acts to go on. Slayer was headlining. Okay. That's the point I'm trying Oof, to make here. Right, okay? right, 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 right. So you already know. So Slayer's headlining. I don't know who the Buffer Band. I cannot remember who it was. I remember Il Nino was on that. Shout out to them. Um, Drowning Pool was was on that. Uh, particular bill shout out to those guys um dave rest in peace a good friend of mine I, I think about him a lot and miss him um i don't know who the buffer band was but in portugal we ended up going on wow before slayer wow Get the fuck yeah and you know you're already playing with slayer so you already know like yeah oh shit well they know? taunting you with the fucking slayer fucking chance uh, listen to this so we get on stage <laughs> uh jeff jeff's in the mix <laughs> yeah and, it, and Tom is up on stage with us. Like Jeff is behind me. Tom is on the other side. So you're watching like, I turn around and it's like, those are huge inspirations to yeah, me, yeah, yeah. right? Hands down. And I, I turn and look and I was, then I look at Mercedes. And but like, that, and she could not, like, it was like, like, I couldn't even make words. And I, all I could do was this, like, fuck. <laughs> We do our thing. We're doing our thing. And this chant starts. And I, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, but I, I don't speak Portuguese, right? Right. So this chant starts, and it's like, okay. I, well, I don't think that, I don't know. I think they speak Spanish. Re regardless, I'm sure somebody will correct me in the comments because yeah, that's what the internet. It's Portuguese. It's Portuguese. Yeah, it's Portuguese. Yeah. I believe yeah. so. Okay, cool. And if not, you, you know, you still in, in the comments, I'm sure you'll yeah, let so. me know. <laughs> so... Slayers on, guys behind us, whatever. Uh, one, one of my favorite people I've ever worked with, Justin. His name, nickname, Fun Boy. Fun right. Boy did several tours with us. He was our drum tech. Awesome fucking guy. Uh, Fun Boy, his name for a reason, but we're not talking about Fun Boy necessarily uh, today. Uh, that could be another day. But Slayers on, uh, pardon me, they're behind us, what have you, and there's this chant starting like. Mm, 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 mm. We have 
no idea what they're saying. <laughs> but the TV crew, people who are filming us, they're falling out. They're like, oh. And we're like, oh my God, these people. And see, I thought they loved us. I thought they right, were right, kind. Right. I was like, like, maybe they don't love us. <laughs> I don't know. I can't read the room or the arena, rather. Right. And and we were like, I was like, fun boy, ask. Because what, there was a translator guy. There was a guy who spoke like awesome. I was like, go ask him. I was like, I have no fucking idea what they're saying. And he, I see them talking. Then fun boy just is like. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And I was like, come over. I was like, what are they saying? He's like, I would fuck them, all of them, all night. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> An arena, at least 7,000 to 10,000 people are, and they were like, the flags are going, and there's right, like, right, right, right. and these horns, and we were <laughs> like, and then we don't know. Mercedes is like doing the kick drum with them, like, Holy shit. So that's one of my favorite stories. I was like, nice. and I was like, uh, Jeff too? Because Jeff's a champion playing. I was like, all right, Jeff, you get some too. All right, Jeff. Equal opportunity. Uh, um, but that show was interesting because uh, people started throw, were throwing shit at Jeff. You know, some of the fans, they weren't worth the shits when they saw a guy up on stage. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There was no need to do any of that. Uh, and so if I ever caught that, I would go on that side of stage and be like, no. Like, fuck off. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? You paid money to throw shit at this dude? Yeah. Like, get your shit together. Yeah. You got to go touch some grass, buddy, because, like, <laughs> you can't be so concerned with this. In Europe, that goes on more than it does here, correct? Like, you're getting shit thrown at you and all that well, kind of stuff? Well, I, 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 I'm going to say yes and no. I'll explain why. At that particular show, I, I would say Jeff, incredible human being, great guitarist, he was getting shit because he's only he's the only dude up on stage. Right, and some right. people they they thought the kitty is all female, and when they finally saw us up on stage, they were like, "What is this?" Yeah. But I would say for that instance, that was interesting. In other places, Spain, Germany, uh, the UK, there was other countries. Nothing like that would have ever happened, and they were very respectful. I remember playing the show. It might have been in Germany. I'm not quite sure. It was, it was smaller, and there was no barricade. And at first we were really concerned, but the fans, the fans went crazy and they did everything. But it's like there was a wall of people there that the, they didn't fuck with the, themselves. Like no one fucked with them. And they just stood there and they were enjoying the show and they were into it. They were very respectful. They didn't try to grab us, which was a, a big problem we would have. Just people coming up on stage, running at us grabbing us right all this weird did shit. you have security on the side of the stage like yeah. tackling dudes yeah we, we had to start having that uh right. and we we had also like security would be assigned to us right. like what like if they had to get a additional runners or whatever it's like all right cool you're responsible for jen today and i'm like well great you're gonna have a great day and we're gonna have a good time <laughs> yeah i want that cool. job on the yeah, side yeah, of the yeah, stage yeah. just tackling motherfuckers yeah. got him got him it was great. I had more women tackling me than dudes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not complaining. But it, but still, it's fucking dangerous. They could be holding something. I mean, yeah. and I think a dime bag, God forbid, you know, right? Yeah. So, like, it's it's not cool, anyone listening to this, to run after <laughs> or throw shit at, your, at, at musicians, at, yeah, at a band performing. No. Like, don't do that. Um, but, yeah, I would say that a lot of that crowd is, is typically really respectful. I think it was just a wild-ass night. Right. It was a wild-ass day. I mean, gosh, if I could project the picture for you, just think of an open-air stadium and everyone just, you know, doing it to it, having yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a really great time. And, it, you know, a, a lot of t I, I would say we had more of the grabby wild shit here in the States versus yeah. – um, 
yeah. overseas. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's funny though. I feel like shows have mellowed a little bit too. Oh, tremendously. You know what I mean? Compared to yeah. what they were when, I mean, we were growing up. I mean, you know, I remember seeing shows where they're ripping seats out of the fucking stadium and all this Listen, kind of shit. You know? I remember going to some local shows to where, you know, Sharps would show up with like razors in there, Doc yeah. Martens at the top, yeah. and they would just be in the pit. Yeah. And, you know, like, it, typically you would just see people walking out with busted noses, something bleeding, yeah. you know, black eyes, teeth gone, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I remember that. Yeah, clubs I used to go to, you would see, you know, they would check steel, for steel toe boots. You know what I mean? Yes. There was, yeah, it was crazy back then. Yeah. I remember a guy in the, in the pit having fucking barbed wire wrapped around his fucking arms. I'm like, oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, a, um, so in some, Yeah. I, I, you don't. I don't think somebody could get through the fucking door. They yeah, would, not uh, anymore. Like, not anymore, and no. rightfully so. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Um, yeah, I remember those wild ass times too. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. And and I think it's important to talk about those times because like the younger generation just getting into metal or or hardcore or whatever, they should they should know that they should check out the history and know shit was real wild. It was day. real, man. man. Listen, I remember as a kid, you know, I was little growing up. I was five foot three going through high school. I was a fucking okay. little kid with fucking long hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I loved hardcore and I liked metal, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I would go to hardcore shows, there was always that, you know, thing in the, like some people like, Oh, be careful, man. Yeah. They're going to fucking beat you up. Cause you're long hair. And it was always that, you know, <laughs> always. Fear going to shows, you know, you guys laugh, but those are facts. Yeah. I mean, you know, those crossover days with like, you know, suicidal tendencies when, you know, you know, sick of it all, those bands that would bring out metalheads and, you know, hardcore kids. Yes. And it was crazy back then. It was crazy. Biohazard, sick of it all. Yep. And, and like, that's a scene that I loved and it grew up in. So it was, it was just crazy. It was exciting, though. There was a sense of fucking danger going to those shows. I you know. know. You're like, oh, shit. Who the fuck? Who and knows what's like, going to happen? Gonna happen? <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes yeah. you and your little crew, maybe you go to shows outside the area and like, oh, we're going to Baltimore. What's going to go down? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was freaking madness back then. But it was a, it was a great time. We survived I, I, it. Yeah, hell yeah, we survived it. Hell yeah, we survived it. I'm glad it's not like that now. Now, especially having a having a club, you know what I mean? Like to have to worry about that kind of shit coming that in. That kind of liability. Oh, God, yeah. forget about yeah, it. No, no way. That, no, and everybody wants to sue you. It's like I mean, uh, death you know. course shows are still like that. I mean, some of them, you know, uh, literally the, fighting for your life. Yeah, there's been some yeah. like that beat down hardcore, you know, where like mm -hmm. dudes start fucking jumping into the crowd and beating the shit out of people. Oh my God. Christ. There's, yeah. a, there's a right. fucking guy that goes to all the shows nowadays who fucking brings like MMA gloves and oh, like he's, he's just suplexing people. Yeah. Uh, he sting? Fucking, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's getting his training in. I've yeah. seen him in a couple of videos, but there's always like a dude that's twice his size that literally just picks him up and bends him in half. Yeah, it's like him. fuck off. I'd rather the guy show up in the dinosaur outfit, the guy that shows up in like his dinosaur <laughs> outfit and whopping around yeah, the fucking. Just make it fun. <laughs> yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, and that's what it's good now. Too older, like I don't want to be standing next to a pit like that anymore. I'm like, Hell, I'm no, down. no, and no. it, it, it's I I haven't as of late. I you know, unfortunately, I I did a Hollywood stump tumble down a flight of stairs, fractured my ankle in two different places, and, and tore well uh, badly tore some tendons not only in my ankle but in my right calf. And I was like, okay, I can't be at shows. You were up right for a saying? while. With yeah, that I was too. at, yeah, and I, I'm still healing up now. Um, this is certainly the, the best that it's been, but yeah, I mean, it was, this injury has been like really serious. My recovery time's 18 fucking months. Fuck. It's like, it's serious. And, 
it's been very interesting to learn walk again. But the reason I, um, I'm telling that story is I've said no to a lot of shows that I've really wanted to go to because of course I want to be sort of near the front. Like I right. want to enjoy myself, but I can't risk like some random MMA guy coming from out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. And you Randy know, Orton. yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, do the, yeah, do the RKO on me from out of nowhere and just be like, Oh shit. Okay. And so fucking leg falls off. And yeah. Fuck and that. then I'm like, well, I'll 3d print one new one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Fuck yeah. Hopefully, well, let's hope it comes to that at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's coming to that. It it's is. getting there. It's it definitely is. there. Uh, so you also were, uh, so besides the music stuff, you were on yeah. Big Brother also. Yeah. I was on Big Brother about, what, eight years ago? Yeah, how, was that, ex- how was that experience? Oh, well, uh, the experience started at Lucky 13. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> Legitimately. Yeah. But um, it, it was... It was it was definitely a whirlwind. I was in a really interesting part of my life to where um, uh, yeah, I was with someone for a long time. Things were ending. Uh, just a lot of transition stuff happening. Uh, I, now I'm looking back, certainly for the better, of course. But they had reached out because I had said happy birthday to a good buddy of mine, actually from the Washington, D.C. area. It was his birthday, and I was just, oh, hey, happy birthday, Brandon. Miss you, and blah, 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 blah. And the next day, he, he tried calling me. I was actually at the studio, and uh, I got home at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning, and I see a message. Uh, I, I missed his call, and I was like, ah, shit, and, you know, I'll catch up. He's on the West Coast. Maybe I could give him a quick call. And then I saw that he, you know, wrote me on uh, Facebook, and mm-hmm. he was like, hey, my roommate is a senior casting director for the show Big Brother. Are you familiar? You could win a half million dollars. That's all I had to hear. Yeah, I hear you. I was like, I could win a half million dollars? Excusez-moi? Yeah. And I, I was familiar with the show, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say I was a fan of the show and religiously watched it or any anything of such. But I was like, yeah, it's some weird social experiment where they really cut you off from the outside world. I was like, but you can win him half a million dollars. Fuck mm. yeah. So that was deeply compelling for me. And, and he was like, here's here's his number, blah, blah, blah. I, cl- I was like, well, it's pretty late to call. Fuck it. Let me call the guy. Didn't pick up. Called me back two minutes later. We were on the phone for like an hour and a half. Uh, the next day I filmed a video for him, like a casting type of video. Because I was like, you know, what what's the harm of it? Right. I'll submit a video. At first, I was like, let me do some research on Big Brother. Like, what is this exactly? And I was like, oh, it's allegedly a big deal. It's got millions of viewers, all this shit. What, what is it, though? What, yeah. what is it, though? Yeah. Well, listen. I, it was huge at the time. It was huge at the time when I was on. I know. I remember hearing. I just, I was, I was active. I was outside. It's I, never, like a, I didn't good. watch TV, He's bro. outside touching grass. He's outside. He's outside. Which is good for you. Uh, this show has been, it's in its 24th season now. God damn. I was on season 14 and it was, uh, it averaged between 8 to 12 million viewers. Shit. Like, easy. Yeah. Um, so the show at the time when I was on it, it was huge. A Big Brother, it's it's essentially like the social experiment to where they do, and indeed cut you off from the outside world. You are filmed the entire time. There is a camera, pardon me, beyond the camera, there is a microphone on you the entire time. And you do these, it's a social experiment in the sense of there's these physical challenges that you do, but it's really about creating alliances and getting yourself to the end, to, to the final two. So you can either be a really good social player, uh, maybe not so good at the physical, or maybe you're great at the physical challenges. And you could be like standing on something for several hours, or you can be 
some weird shit I did. I stood on the side of the fake ship that was going back and forth. I, I was trying to that. knock me over. <laughs> I remember seeing that. There was different challenges <laughs> like um, hitting like a hockey, hitting a puck with a hockey stick down the bullshit thing. It was all kinds of weird, wild stuff. I will give it up to them. There was some pretty creative uh, challenges that, that we did or... The one where I won the veto, I it was um, guessing. It, it was like a not necessarily a puzzle, but it was um, almost like a hangman kind of uh, of thing. Uh, like, can you guess what this is in a particular amount of time? And uh, so there's all of these different games, but really, it's about uh, what I think it, it's certainly about is excelling at your social skills and building trust throughout and. They definitely booked me on the show as I think they definitely wanted me to be a, a villain right. of some sort, of course, because <laughs> I'm attacked too. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a Puerto Rican. From New York City, So I'm from New York City. So I'm full of hell and fury, right, naturally. Right. So, <laughs> um, so they assume. But yeah, yeah. So they assume. And it's very, un- unfortunately... I mean that well it's not unfortunately I really you know it's it's what the show does it takes those stereotypes and just plops them out on the screen for you right. and you get to watch everything play out but that's what the show's essentially about it's not for everybody so I was even when I was in discussion with the different producers and so I filmed that casting thing two days later I'm on a flight to LA I go do all these uh mental tests uh I do these physical tests everything comes up gravy and in be, like after that, they were like, yeah, you know, we'll be in touch. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm looking for a place to live. And one of the producers is like, ah, you might not want to do that. I was like, bro, you clearly have never lived here in New York City. Yeah, it's I like a full-time for, job. It's, I'm, I'm looking for a place to live. Like, uh, I'm going to wait for CBS to make a decision yeah. for my life. <laughs> I absolutely think not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, and I wasn't, now I look back, there was all these clues of them saying, you are going to be on the show. We are trying to tell you this without telling you this. And I was just, my head was absolutely somewhere else. It was like not the very best time of my life too. So one of the darkest, in fact. So I was just like trying to handle shit as best as best as I could and, and get things moving in the right direction. So they called me. Well, actually I told one of the producers, like, I don't think this is going to work out. And they called me back. And they were like, oh, my God, no, because they had sent me like it was 67 pages long. We had to print it out of like wow. this thing I had to sign. I gave it to my lawyer and he's like, we red lined it to hell yeah. and back because it was like they want to control a bunch of shit. And I was like, I can't control if someone's going to play a kitty song that I'm on. I can't oh, control if you're going to play a suit. Um, a suicide city so like it was just a bunch of weird shit they and i was like you know what this isn't gonna work like you guys want to like own my life for not only on the show but then thereafter a year thereafter absolutely not yeah uh you know um, gen city i have that name you can't have that name and you can't control anything gen city related or anything jennifer arroyo has written like it, uh, no nah, it's not gonna work out like that and um they agreed to absolutely everything. And then I even, I, I gave them some hell. I'm like, you only pay this much. I was like, I can make this much in, in, in a week doing this. Right. I was like, this doesn't, this, this doesn't make any sense. So there was a, there was a pay thing. There was a, just the contract itself and they agreed to everything. And I, I, because at first I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Right. Like I'm not in a good state of mind. And I'm going to put myself on national television. Ooh, I don't with know. With a microphone. With a microphone. 24-7. And 
cameras around me 24-7 with a bunch of, I suspect, type A personalities as such as myself around, it's like a recipe for disaster. So I was like, do I want to do this? And then I was, of course, like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to do this. Fuck it. Why not? You know, like, when am I going to ever have a really odd, to me, odd, unique opportunity like that? So I said, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it to it. And continued on in conversations. They said, hey, we're going to fly a producer out. We're going to produce a day in the life of Gen City. <laughs> I said, wonderful. I reached out to Melody and said, hey, uh, can we use Lucky 13 in your old location yep. to, to film? She said, yes, of course. So I told the producer, I said, hey, I secured a spot. And it, that was going to be like the Gen City band debut because I've been working with some musicians to play for me live. And that was going to be our debut of live and we're going to film it. It was going to be like a party thing. And then they freaked out because I invited like 20, 25 people. And they were like, you can't, that many people can't be there. And I was like, then this isn't going to fucking work. You want to film a show. It's got to be at least some people in this, in the place. And just for context, like the, the smaller lucky 13, uh, the, the older lucky, lucky 13 location, it was just the smaller to where you could put 20, 25 people in there and a bunch of equipment and you got a, you got a little, you got a little something. It's it's full. full. You got a little show. Yeah. And, and they were giving me shit for that. And I remember just telling her, I was like, you know what? Don't, don't come. I was like, because I told all these people and I wasn't thinking like, why is she so upset about this? Because all of those people would had to sign release forms because they were, that's when they were going to tell me I was going to be on the show. Right, right, right. And so I I guess that happened or I guess everyone knew I was going to be on the show because I remember Melody was acting weird. And I was like, what is wrong with her? (laughs) What is the, like, why is everybody being like, I went outside to talk for a bit and then I had to go and do something. And then I came back and I was like, Everybody was acting strange. Right. And I was like, what is happening? And then we quickly started filming and filming, which was cool. And then the producer grabbed my guitar case and put it in front of me. She goes, hey, can we film you opening up your guitar case? And I was like, well, I would do. I was like, sure. And I opened it up and then the key is in there. And I was like, oh. And I freaked out. They went in your shit? They went in your stuff and put stuff. What the fuck is that, dude? Well, I was like, what are you doing with my stuff? You know, you don't touch another musician's shit, ideally, unless you're being kind or whatever, you know, and and moving it for their benefit. But I was like, "Mm, what is it? And then I opened it up. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, holy shit. It is the key to the house. And so I called up my best friend, Des. She might be listening. I love you if you are. Uh, and I love you anyway if you're not listening. But okay. I called her up, and she <laughs> she was on her. I think she was on her way to Mexico, I believe, or she was she was either going to L.A. or Mexico. It was one of the two. And she was she was feeling dicey when I called. She was like, "Where the fuck is that? Yeah." Man. <laughs> uh, she had some drinks on the flight, and I was like. I need you to listen very carefully because I wasn't able to tell people that I was being considered for the show at all. Like, no, that's a huge no, no. In fact, that's how you could get kicked off before you even on. Okay. And that's, that's why they put alternatives because some people do fuck that part up. Right. And the only person I told was her. I told my moms, of course, and I told my business partner at the time, I was like, look, I really need you to trust me. I know this sounds crazy. I was like, but if you start calling me by this date and I'm not picking up the phone, I need you to book a Gen City tour immediately for the fall. And he was like, what? <laughs> I said, I just need you to trust me, bro. Right. Like, I, have I led you astray? No, because I was working with him. I did all these Slave to the Metal shows, exposed music festival shows um, that were really successful. I was like, I need you to book this. 
Uh, and I could I could also do another run. So if you're, if we could fill up part of either late. I said do very late September or early October, probably early October. I was like, and let that let's have that shit going from October to November, going into December. If you want to pull it off. And he was like, okay. And it like, I, I was like, I just need for you to trust me yeah. on this one. And I, I told Des, and she's like, what? I was like, you're going to be me for about three months, quite possibly. And she was like, yeah, okay. I mean, she was feeling literally like a titty, right? You know, she was nice. feeling real good. And, um, but you know everything became it became very serious. I was like, um, "This is the last time I'm going to be talking to you." They're taking my phone. So right when you get the key, that's they take your they, phone right she away. Took my first thing she asked really? me, "Where's your phone?" So what? So are you set up to fucking leave? Like, like what was what was your life in, like besides you know contacting family and friends? What I like you got rent to pay. You you know what I mean? Like, did you find an apartment? How the hell do you work that out? Yo. It quickly. Yeah. So <laughs> I had lived in my new place for. Not a day. I moved the day before we filmed at the spot. Wow. I moved in the day before. That was it. So, I mean, I barely had a pot to piss in, honestly. I moved into the small spot. I was like, cool, you know, everything's done. Um, moved into that spot, and then we filmed the next day. So I was able to, they kept, the producers kept telling me, you're going to want to have, who's, you're going to want to set up a point of contact. That's the one person that you can tell, okay. right? And so my point of contact was going to be my bestie. And so I told her, I was like, look, this is what's good. She knew everything was going on. And I was like, here's how you would pay the rent. Here's what, here's the checks in advance. Here's this, here's that uh, flood music studios. Here's yeah. the spot. I was like, you know, work with the band on being sure that rent will be paid on this time. We shared that spot with other bands, of course, at the time I was just trying to cover all the bases of, because that's, those were all those kind of things I took care of everything for Gen city, um, working with demolition, all this shit. Right. So I was like getting that all sorted. I moved the day, literally only the day before I was exhausted as fuck. So, you know, I, I was like, so tension was kind of high. Cause I was like, I barely slept. I yeah, fucking moved. A fucking nightmare no one says, with. Oh, I can't wait to move. It's such a good time. No, no it's horrible. It's awful. <laughs> Yo, my goodness. And, uh, I got all that sorted to where, and, and, and passwords to everything passwords on if, if I had reoccurring payments, here's my, here's my debit card, here's credit cards, all that. I gave everything to her. And, um, when I came back, she said she hated me, but she still loves me. <laughs> she was like, it's no fun being you. And I heard from all your exes. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you had to, I had to take, because she was like, okay, that's, I was able to make that call. I made a quick call to my mom's and, and that was it. And that wow. legitimately, that was it. We were on the flight and we only had like an hour and a half to get to JFK and catch a flight. All right. So that was like. Now did you have to just run home, pack a quick bag yes, and go? That's it. That's literally what happened. So every, everyone that was there at Lucky 13, the, the, my band, obviously my band was there. So my band and other people, friends came they were like, I was like, I don't even have like simple makeup. Like there was some certain things that I, I just didn't have yet because I was moving. I didn't know where it was quite possibly. Right. So people ran out and got me some simple things. I, you know, I have two t kitty cats. And so we got the kitty cats all taken care of too. And 
all this stuff really, really, it was that quick. And I was like, I'm going to be on a, a venture. <laughs> and I was. That's amazing. Yeah. And how long was the commitment for when they, when they tell you, I, I do have to kind of be hidden till the show's over? So that's a great question. So actually what you do is you go into sequester for about a week and a half. And they do that with the purpose of doing that is to be sure that you could stand being in isolation, right? right? And they're isolating you out too, because they're, you're cut off from the outside world. So I had one handler. He was the only person I talked to. Um, I begged and begged and begged to have one of my instruments come with me. They said no, but then they brought in an acoustic guitar. Uh, it was like the producer's husband's old ass guitar. The action was like this. On it. I was like, this is not yeah. oh, all right. Yeah. I, you know, I wrote Murder on Broadway there, nice. and then then I remembered I had I memorized the song and I kept humming it while I was on the show so I wouldn't forget. Um, but I could have that. I could have like crossword puzzles. And then uh, the only DVDs they gave me were of DVDs of Big Brother. They were like, watch the season before. And to be fair, I needed to do something like that. So I knew what the fuck it, what, was, what was going on. Like right. I had done some research before, but when I was watching it, I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> this is it. This is what we're committing to. And actually somebody, anyone who's really into Big Brother, uh, they'll like this fun fact. Actually, I was cast. They announced so when you're in sequester, they're announcing to cast of the world and all the shit and all that fun stuff. Yep. And you do all this press and interview that they release as content. And actually, somebody was advertised to be on my cast, but he freaked out. Uh, Ex-military guy, I think he was ex-air force. He freaked out and decided not to, he was going to be on the show. He freaked because sequester could be hard. You're by yourself. That's yeah. it for you know over a week. Oh. And so it's Sounds not necessarily like a good time. You know, some people might be with the shits and some people weren't. So um, they're casting a certain type of wait, you mean, person. Wait, you mean, you mean you were just like in a room by yourself? You yes. Were, what the, the no, no TV. Prison kind of shit? I mean, I've not been to prison, so I can't relate, but I <laughs> would say it was. Um, so you said, and, and so you said they would give you copies of, of, of Big Brother and crossword puzzles. Were you allowed a book and anything else like no that? No books. Nothing. Nothing. I had, I had like this coloring bullshit, which I was like, well, we're coloring today. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, what am I going to do? I was trying to rig the TV that was in the room, but there was nothing to rig. Like, everything was like there was no power so there were, they was nothing. were they recording you in the room they weren't recording you in the room no so but you were exhausted so i'm sure you napped a lot i'm sorry like you finally I, I, yeah i nap I, I i watched season 13 <laughs> i was like okay give me another season to watch i guess you know yeah. let's go back in so time and i started watching season 12 and i was like give me one of the earlier ones because that was what i was more familiar with um but see, season 13 was just fine to to get me you know, familiar with what the hell I had signed up for, right. but it was just very, very interesting to, to, you know, to be cut off from that. Like no one, you spoke to no one. They slid under the door. Wow. What, what you can eat for the day. Right. You know, it was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You worked out in the room. They wouldn't let you go down. You couldn't leave the room. Okay. Um, I had a handler that could go get you some things, it's whatever like some you needed. Squid game shit, dude, or I something. Mean, it's, bro. It was it, yeah, it's, it, that's why people. It's intense, and that's why they have a list of alternatives who are in sequester as well. Right. And good thing because that's that's how Chef Joe got into the show. Um, he was someone that I ended up like aligning with on the show. Um, but I voted him out. Sorry, Joe. It's just a game, brother. It was just a game. It was several years ago now. And, yeah. and, and him a half and I a million Gucci. bucks on the line. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I was, I was driven by, by the cash. Yeah. But 
um, yeah, the ex-military guy, Air Force, I, I, I believe. He was advertised, like, they advertised him being part of the cast and everything, but he was out, Shep Joe was in, and it was interesting to hear his story because he actually, they, he said, hey, you know, we're good, you know, we're going to have you, we're, we're putting you in a limo back to the airport, no problem. He was in the limo back to the airport, and they brought him right back. They're like, congratulations, you're going to be on the show. Wow, and you cool. go in the house, like, tomorrow. Wow. And he was, so it was like a world, super whirlwind for him. But then you, you, you get everything, you go through all these different things, and, and then you start filming. And it's so weird. Yeah, I imagine. It, it was so weird. And I just went with it. Like, uh, after a bit, you forget all these cameras are around. Right. And you just start getting really the the lay of the land. I remember leading the first cheers and I was like, okay, let's see what we got here. And my season was interesting in the sense of four former players returned back as coaches. Okay. And I was like, well, it doesn't take a fucking genius to figure out they're going to end up quote unquote in the game. They're not going to be coaches They're If they have a chance to win a half mil, all, uh, you know, that's yeah. what they're going to want to do. Right. So, um, so that was interesting and, um, I had a complete total douchebag as a coach. So that was interesting, but, um, you know, there's some people that I was on the show with that I, I chat with from time to time and, and keep in touch with, uh, believe it or not, like the Southern belle of the show, Danielle is somebody who I've kept in touch with Dan, who's probably one of the best big brother players of all time. Um, but I can't like after my show, uh, for season 15 a lot of racist shit happened on that show so it was interesting because you go through this whole whirlwind you get off the show and it's like I had bad social anxiety after getting off that show like because everyone recognized you it's different than like yeah. coming to a metal bar and like people know who you are and all that good stuff right. but it was like now abuela at the bodega knows is like are. knows who you are right, right, right so right. that was really interesting to navigate far different than hey this band's on TRL kidding it was tremendously different right. so I'm glad I had that experience before to be able to handle that but I had really bad social anxiety and, and large crowds on the trains and everything and I had to like work through that shit because it was just like everyone's just kind of like it and what's great about New York City no one gives a shit who you are right right and no one gives a shit yeah so that part was wonderful but some people did definitely give a shit right, and, right, and right, they right. wanted to talk with you and it was just a little like I had to like ease back into social situations because it was just, I mean, I was on the show for 88 days. Wow. So they, they asked for a three month commitment from you, but you could be voted off the first week. Right. Yep. So I ended up being the last person I was, I no, I, I was, I ended up in the top five and I was one of the last people to end up on jury. Right. And for jury, they put you in this uh, illustrious, you know, big mansion with all the other motherfuckers you're on the show with right you right. just wait it out till the show's done all right and um and, but i wasn't in that situation for long like it was a couple days and then i was back in a hotel room then they would give you the episodes though because then you're voting for the winner then they would give you episodes to watch of the show after you've been evicted uh, but with no commentary behind it so you're just literally watching and um so that was interesting so you could go ahead and make your decision of like who should win or whatever whatever right and um and then you're off the show wow. and then they uh, dr zachary you, they give you psychiatrists for the rest of your life really and yeah they do that's cool because it's <laughs> you go through it, it's a lot i mean they equate it to um ptsd okay of of, of someone being in, in the military or something along those lines they do equate it to that so and, they fuck up your life so like fuck up your head <laughs> and then they give you a fucking psychiatrist for the rest of your life they they i mean 
It's, I mean, yeah. Well, essentially, yeah. everybody's <laughs> been playing that game for the last two years. <laughs> I mean, for real. Except uh, they get to be in the comfort of their own home and not everybody's not watching a, them. Because another yeah. key yeah. thing is my season, there was um, After Dark on Showtime. So they would show the live feeds on Showtime. And then you could also subscribe and you could watch us 24-7. Right, That's and I met a lot shit, of people when I went and did the tour. You know, my business partner was like, "Yes, you did great, and okay, we booked this." And right. those shows were great that we did. And then what we learned from those shows, a lot of people just came, you know, to meet me and kick it with and with me and all that good stuff. So sometimes in certain cities where that that was the deal, and t- we, I was really trying to encourage them to stay and watch the bands that were performing. But sometimes people just want to come and meet with you and kick right. it and whatever, or they want to come early because there was a lot of, they had kids. So we try to do like a meet and greet kind of vibe too, to where like, okay, cool. You, we can meet during this particular time, meet you, your family, whatever weird shit. And I met a lot of people who were like, we watch, it's like, I know you. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, <laughs> But you, but you don't. But you don't. don't. But I mean, but and that's got to be a stressful part of it. You know, you're 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 on mic all the time, and as you said, you can watch you 24 hours a day. That's got to be stressful. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be tremendously. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be tough, man. I don't know if I could uh, mentally handle that. I think it was something that because you became so used to it. And, and a lot of people could make that parallel argument for the past two years. You get so used to it that it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about my microphone. In fact, it was just a habit, taking it off for the shower, putting it back on. Whatever. Now it's just a, a certain habit. And in fact, when I got home, in the morning I would wake up and I would, I would pat around. I'm like, where's my mic? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah. oh, I'm home. Thank goodness. Well, that's what I can imagine be weird going from, you know, being you know, you're in that environment, you're not being bothered, you're kind of in, you know, a fishbowl right. as, as a sense for so long. And then you've got to walk out into the real world. That's right. That's a lot. It's a lot. And it was definitely a lot for some of the folks that I was I was cast with, um, not to, you know, call anybody out, but some right. people had a really hard time readjusting to to real life because of how they came across, how they were portrayed on TV. Yeah. And at that time too, I mean, eight years ago, that's a big, you know, Social media is getting a lot bigger oh, now, yeah. so people are commenting on you. All the, Do you read comments what people say about you and shit, or you not? Well, listen, that was the first thing they told you to do. Don't go on social media. Right. Or if you do go on social media or have someone else handle your social media. I opted for having someone else handle my social media because my email was out of control. My Twitter was out of control. And IG was really starting to pop off. And there wasn't too much on there, but people now will find you there, too. Right, right. Um, but Twitter at the time was like, it was like Facebook and Twitter, I would say, were like, you know, it was really great comments and then really awful shit. People like all kinds of shit. Yeah, man. people are fucking mean. I mean, super mean. So, yeah. and we all had to deal with it, right? It wasn't like anyone walked away looking like an angel at a big brother right, because right. people are just creating these opinions out of you off of how you're edited on TV. Yeah. So it's, a, it, this is like this wild mind fuck, right? But I, I, you know, I dabbled in some comments. I would feed the trolls every now and again because I'm sassy <laughs> and why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I could come yeah. back with a quick, you know, little something, something. Yeah. But then people get really pissed at you. You know what I mean? Or yeah. I would, whatever. Like there was some people like, I was like, oh, cry me a river. This one guy's like, like 18 tweets later at me like he was so pissed because i just <laughs> called him a pussy you know <laughs> like if you could talk shit on me brother i could i could dish it back yeah. and maybe even worse so like yeah. you know but it's it's such a terrible waste of energy right yeah. and and that's not what i'm about yeah. so 
I had someone else, you know, helping out with my social media. The bestie, she was a baller and making sure, like, I knew what I needed to know when I got back to, um, of just life and different things and what's happened in, in the three, a lot can happen in three months, yeah. you know? Yeah. Thank goodness a fucking pandemic didn't happen. That would have been fucking yeah. awful. Yeah, that would have been brutal. But, um, you know, I can't imagine, I mean, Monica, who was on the show and is a friend of mine, 9-11 happened when she was on the show. Oh, Jesus. And she had a cousin that was, you know, impacted in that. So it's it, like a lot could happen in three months. Yeah, we yeah. all know that. I think yep. everyone's very well versed on that. Yep. But yeah, people can be absolutely fucking awful. And I'm not everyone's cup of tea and I'm not, I'm just who I am. Yep. Right. And you could be with the vibe and not, and that's, I'm cool with that. I'm never going to give anybody shit about, Oh, you don't like me. Oh, well, then, then, then that's cool, brother or sister, whatever the deal is. I, I don't mind. I'm always trying to put out like good vibes either way. Yep. Right. So if there's something about me that you don't like, I, honestly, it's a projection of you. That's not my problem. Now, was there something in that contract? God forbid something happened to like a family member or something yes. like that, that you would, they would pull you out. Yes. Yeah. So fun fact, when I was on the show, the last week I was on the show, my apartment got broken into. No. Somebody found out I was on the show and broke into my fucking apartment. Uh, Fortunately, everybody was awesome. And like all my instruments were at the studio. Yeah, like all important, like laptops and different things, things of they didn't end up with much. much. Right, right. I think they took like a really nice hair straightener, you right, know, right, right. like <laughs> cool. Enjoy yeah. that. But they didn't really there wasn't I had just moved in, you yeah. know, and my friends were complete ballers and like put things away from me. My place was completely organized when I had gotten home. But I had a, a and I had to move out and you know I moved out immediately. Told the landlord, "Fucking suck it," yeah. and I was out because my privacy was compromised. It wasn't yeah. safe for me to be there because people knew I lived there. Yeah. I was living there, so I stayed at the besties for a while and and then got a, a you know another a different place in Brooklyn that was uh, much quieter, more more family oriented location yeah, for a bit yeah. just to be out of not to be in the hustle and bustle, right. but just. Um, you know, so did they inform you of that while you were on the show that your apartment had broken into? And no, they had had that discussion among uh, amongst uh, my contacts, and they decided not to because yeah. it would uh, you, that's deeply Distract distracting. You. Yeah, I wouldn't want to know either. Um, the second I got off from the finale, they literally pulled me aside and said, "Hey, we have to tell you something." And you know, it was fucking really weird. Universe is that I had a dream that week that my place had been broken into. It wow. was my biggest fear wow. of being gone because I had just moved into this place. I didn't know my fucking crazy ass neighbor. I didn't know what was going on. Right, right. I, it was a new neighborhood. I had It was a new neighborhood I hadn't lived in yet in Brooklyn here. And I just didn't know. I didn't know what the, I just didn't know the vibe. Like I hadn't had a chance to be the, the good ambassador right, and be right. like, hey, I'm chill. It's cool. Like yeah. nothing weird. I hadn't had a chance because I'd lived there for less than 24 hours. Right, right. So yeah, my place had gotten busted into. That was a nightmare to deal with. I had, I, so I got home. I had to deal with everybody in the fucking world knowing me. My anxieties through the roof. My place had been bro- busted into. And I was like, Onward and upward from here. Yeah. How soon did you play your first show after you got back? Um, maybe a couple, just a couple months after. Oh. Yeah. Everything, like, it, like everything just, like, I, I know that sounds like all bad stuff, and it most certainly was, but, like, the upswing was tremendous. Nice. Right? You know, I was able to head out on tour. I was going all around the country. Um, 
everything worked out beautifully as a, for my next new living situation. And I was like, you know, beautiful play. Great, great. That worked out. Awesome. Um, everything came up roses after that, but that was, that was tough. And, you know, fortunately I, you know, I had, I had friends that helped me get that police report really quick. Right, I, had, right. I had some inside folks helping me out to be like, no, we could, I had that same, because, you know, the dickhead landlord's like, oh, well, if you're going to leave, I need the police report. And typically it takes six to eight weeks for you to get that sort of shit. Right. I got that same day. With, I mean, it almost took six to eight minutes. Good. Because it was like, I, I knew the right people. I knew who to reach out to. And they're like, fuck no. That's Good. so fucked up. And, uh, and yeah, and the cops were investigating and they figured out it was my next door neighbor. The no, they did get him. Wow. And they got him. Wow. Yeah. Good. And they fucking got him and he had all kinds of other issues happening with him too. So it was just like, yeah. So uh-huh. they got the bastard. So whoever that is, fuck you forever, bro. Yeah. You deserved good. it. Yeah. Like, get your hair straightener back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important thing. I yeah. did not get that hair straightener yeah. back. Justice for the hair straightener. Well, he went to jail with straight hair. <laughs> yeah, he sure he sure shit did. I hope he enjoyed that. Yeah. Dick. So um and he had a bunch he had, there was a he the cops had had an eye on him and right. then that was like uh, i was like the only other person in that particular neighborhood who would have known that i was living there is this fucking guy right 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 and he was all in my business because there was all these camera motherfuckers filming me in the apartment right because they were they just started the second i left lucky 13 it was a at least you know three or four cameras following me wherever i went so of course he saw that and he's like oh you're going to be on tv oh oh, oh." yeah and then of course he saw me on tv yeah and you know fuck that guy yeah so good (laughs) fuck him that's a good ending too though he got busted he got busted so like like i said everything came up ended up in uh you know moved to say like super quiet uh, not a neighborhood I would typically want to live in, but I I had to. I wanted to move to a place where I could just kind of be low key for a little while, and and get everything together and and go through this like kind of wild transition yeah. of getting off a, a TV show that is has eight to twelve million viewers, everyone knowing who you are, just so I could live. Yeah, just so I could live. I wasn't thinking I was this hot shit i was thinking cool what's my next move when am i going to head back on tour what am i doing my next show when am i seeing my friends what am i doing like i wanted to get back to my life it wasn't a life goal to be on a tv reality tv show right that wasn't for people i was on the show for i mean that was the pinnacle for them and i'm happy for them but that wasn't anything i uh, aspired to do it was a really unique opportunity at a really unique time and I just went for it. Fuck yeah. it. And yeah. I, I, I honestly don't have any regrets and it was really interesting too. I've ended up doing a tremendous amount of charity work out of it, working with toys for tots. And it, it's interesting cause you're booked for, I was booked for a lot of events right. because then of course people are like, Oh, come host this party here. Come host this party it, around the country. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing that, which was super awesome. And then season 15 had all this racist shit happen. So when they when people went to book like after Big Brother, like oh well, who can we show up? Jen was fucking cool. People liked her. Cool, bring them. So it was like I kept getting booked for things for 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 years on for That's- years on. And in fact, last year I was going to do another Toys for Tots event, but I'm I was like um I'm heading in for surgery. There's no way I was going to be able to. Um, I was in a huge cast. I was like yeah I can't. 
it, 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 I'll catch you next year. I'll right, catch, right, I'll right, catch right, you right, next year. We'll right. do it. So I still get to, to get booked for things like that and um, incarceration as well, you know? So it's, it's really cool. That's awesome. Was the first show after that when there was like 10 times as many people that are usually at the show or was it like later on? It was, it was lit. It, <laughs> it was good. Shit. Yeah. It was like, our girl is back. Yeah. And you know, it was cool too because it, my real friend, nobody was treating me different. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, oh, it was lit. It was more like our homegirls back. Thank yeah. goodness. Because that show was too long. It was weird. <laughs> what the fuck were you doing? Yeah. Like, what was going on? And, you know, I have no regrets, of course, in doing it, but it was just, it was, it was like that show was, it was a few of them were like, it was sick. Yeah, 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 <laughs> they were yeah. awesome because it was like our girls back. Um, and then I'd just been, and then put out, um, yeah, put out Out for Blood, my, my first solo album years, years ago now. And I've been working on a new album called Lion Country. And I wrote about half of it during the pandemic. So it's got like heavy, it's got some heavy, dark vibes to it. And um, I, rec you know, some of the protests right, went right past my window. I recorded some of that. It's incorporated in, in some samples and the music that I'm doing. It's definitely darker and heavier. And Out for Blood, if you listen to it, and you can listen to it on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you, uh, you stream your music from. And it's interesting listening to that now because that's, that was very much caught like kind of like a sex, drugs, rock and roll time. And here I am now, almost five years sober, just a completely different mindset and, and hearing the music from then till now. It's still fun and party and heavy, right. but it's, it's got, I would say, a bit of a darker, deeper undertone to it. And um, I'm really gearing to end, have it out by next year. You got the same um, musicians uh, from the first album? I, I, I mean, I write everything. I recorded almost everything minus the drums. So I'll probably work with, I, I really love working with, with drummers live. Yeah. Uh, I prefer that. And so I, you know, Danny from Suicide City, he came in and did a fucking incredible job in recording for Out for Blood. Um, I had someone else do the drum tracks before I left for Big Brother. I came back and I listened to it. I was like, that's not going to work. Right. Um, it needed just like, it just needed more power, more snap to it, if you will. So went in, re-recorded everything. Shout out to Pags, my producer, um, did an incredible job and, and we put it out and it was just really good. Really cool, man. I put it out myself. I was really proud. I, I, I retooled some things that I, I had done by literally humming to myself in the big brother house, <laughs> how I wanted to change some songs up because I couldn't record anything. I couldn't write anything down. I couldn't do anything like that. Got the album out and did, you know, considering I did literally, I didn't even hire a PR firm to back me up. I literally did none of that. I just put it out as me out on my platforms and it performed really well. I was really happy with it. And then, you know, it's been a few years since, of course, and I have full plans on putting out Lion Country. It probably would have been out if the pandemic didn't fucking happen and if I didn't, and I'm, I'm healing. I'm yeah. vibing and thriving, but I'm also still healing. Hell yeah. So, um, so yeah. I want to be back on stage at 100%, ideally. Fuck yeah. You know, getting upstairs is, is a little challenging for your homegirl <laughs> right now, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get through it. But it's interesting to hear, say, the, the differences in the vibe, right? 
Um, there's a lot of self-reflection uh, in Lion Country because, like, out for blood fun and party. Yep. Uh, at some point, you know, the party does end, guys. Yeah, it does. Right? The yep. party ends and you're left with a, a, a lot of things for you to possibly work out and think about. And I really tackle some of those particular demons on Lion Country. Where does the name Lion Country come from? The name Lion Country comes from a spot I used to live at in East Williamsburg. I was walking up to it one night. And I took a picture. I still have the same picture, too, and I'm going to incorporate into the artwork. But someone wrote on the stoop, Lion Country, on one of the stairs. And I said, I fucking love that. That's cool. I fucking love that. Shout and I was like, whoever wrote that shit. Whoever wrote that shit. <laughs> it was just like, I was like, well, of all things they wrote, just right on my stoop, like Lion Country. Nice. And I was like, that's the name of my new album. That's cool. And Were story. you jamming in your house and they heard you like rip roaring and shit? I mean, it, it's possible. I have no yeah. idea. And it's so weird because then the next day it was gone. Wow. And it was like that night I was yeah. walking to my house. So it wasn't like it had been there forever. And I was, I was like, Lion Country. Snapped a photo. Nice. Next day it was gone. It was there just for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something that, like, I'm telling you, bro, man. It alien was alien shit, bro. Ah, the universe yeah. speaks to us, man. No, yeah, I'm telling us. you that different things happen for us and we, we got to yeah. be paying attention, right? Yep. And I was like, that right there. And to me, for, for, for Out for Blood, that, the, the title track of that, I'm talking about like that particular song in particular. I'm talking about you betting on yourself. I'm talking about you believing, like you're looking up to the sky and you're like, um, is this uh, are prayers going to voicemail today? Yep. Sounds like it. So it's like really betting on yourself and, and, and looking within yourself. Like, you know, fuck it. I'm out for blood. This is what drives me. I hear the war cry. I'm out for blood. It's part of the course. And it's just like, I'm finding that within myself. I'm believing in myself. I'm betting on myself. That's why to me that that track is tremendously important and really personal because it's like eyes to the sky. It's all clear. It's all clear because I'm I need to believe in me here right. and I need to believe in my purpose and what I want to do and the things I want to achieve. And I need to go out and get after it yeah. and no excuses. So that song is kind of is like a nice segue into the thinking for Lion Country. And the first song is called Angels Sing with the question mark at the end. And it's the intro track's kind of it's kind of heavy, kind of gives you like the idea of, of what's, to what, what's to come. And right. I'm not saying there's no good vibes on there. Right. One of my favorite songs on there is just it, it's very pop metal esque, if you right, will. Right, it's right. still I guess still got the good vibes, so nobody please think I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not it. But it's just this is therapeutic. You know, so, I'm, I do this for me. I, I'm not doing this to impress anyone listening to this or anybody else. This music comes out because I'm a musician at heart. It's my love. It's my passion. It's so different when you do music for yourself versus I need to pay my bills with this. I need to do this and that. It's right. just so that it's just tremendously different. Yeah. And, and so is this is so the record now. So is this the first record you've written completely sober? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a sense of clarity with that and stuff. I'm sure. There certainly also, is. You know? I, I, that's why it was like really challenging, like beliefs that that were, you know, forced down your throat mm -hmm. when you're young. And if you have religious parents, then you'll totally understand of, you know, different things that are, are pushed on you as as fact and as as the way to go. And you're not to question it mm -hmm. and all of that. And then, you know, you come into your own and, and you get settled into your own skin and you see the world for what it is. And you're like... 
I I have some different feelings about all yep. of this. Yep. And it's it's good to question. It's good to seek the truth that you're looking for and what you're what you what is truth for you in the sense of like what could be driving you, what are you looking for? What what settles well with you, right? And so the album covers a lot of uh, covers a lot of that with the angels sing. It's like I literally part of the sample is me being in a church and recording this one symphony that I went to go see and recorded that and just, you know, played around at Ableton Live and really mutated it. And it sounds like a, a, a you know, a chorus doing this at a on a heartbeat, right? So um, I'll probably release that pretty soon just so people can start understanding like, oh, okay, I, I see what she's saying. But that album is is definitely like being really vulnerable a first time instead of talking about sexy chicks and oh yeah we're fucking tonight and whatever else <laughs> i was fucking singing about yeah um and then some real shit or this love and relationships going to shit i mean that's par for the course but it, yep. it's like some real deflection stuff of like what is out there what what has you know when you have that kind of clarity and listen, I'm not sitting here saying, Oh, everybody goes sober. Listen, everybody's on their own fucking journey. And, and the definition of sober can mean many different things to people. So I just say, Hey, be on your own journey, do what's best for you. There is help out there for folks. So take advantage of that if that's a thing. But this album isn't really therapeutic in the sense of like feeling like I I'm, I'm, I'm sticking myself in a box and why am I doing this? Am I holding, why am I grasping at this identity that I, that uh, so many people know me as to where I should, like, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. Like these different things to tackle and like, you know, why would I party so much or drink so much? You know, what was like the really, you know, the, the deep root of that and, and to acknowledge that, see that, and then crush that. Mm-hmm. Right. With age comes wisdom. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's been, it's, it's an honor getting older, man. Yeah. I don't hate it, man. I don't. And I feel like, you know, I, I'm not completely sober, but I definitely don't drink as much as I used to. Oh, yeah. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep that up. You know what I mean? You can't keep up. I mean, you could. But yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're going to be six feet. Yeah. Or, you're or, not going to last long. Yeah. You're not going to last long, but it's, you know, good. man. I'm proud of you, man. You're doing fucking, uh, I'm, glad to see you doing fucking great things man. hey i appreciate that and doing and, it for you and another and another thing that i do i've been in um this is something completely different but it's worth a mention i've been in that the advanced manufacturing additive manufacturing space for over 10 years now and that's all things 3d printing and i've been able to take companies to the next level next level next level and for the, some of them have even gone public with other companies so i've been able to consult with different companies and helping them build their sales teams, make more money, revenue streams. How should they be setting up? How, how should they be selling? How should they sell it? Right. All of that. So I've been focused on that and look forward to starting my own sales consulting probably within the next year. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I've already talked to, I, I already have prospects and people I'm meeting with. Nice. So that's really exciting um, as well. I've always been all business, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. nice to be, to, to take that and be like, yeah, in two years, I was able to get this company to, you know, you know, 14 million ARR. Should we be talking? Do you yeah. want to do the same thing? Hell yeah. So it's, it's cool to have that aspect of my life that allows me to play music, do music whenever I want, not have it be a stressful type of thing. And of course um, be able to take care of family and friends and all that. So yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a, a wild 
wild journey and i am not even done yet yeah hell yeah. nowhere near being done yet yeah I, I there's next chapters about to open so that's the most exciting part hell yeah yeah okay yeah, jen well shit uh I hope, everyone's smiling so i'm hoping that this I, is I'm good st- i'm, I'm still in, i'm still in fucking all that i'm sitting next to jen city bro so, <laughs> uh, my whole mind is just like love, love. damn dude so i'm fucking this is like an outer body experience for me you know? <laughs> you're too kind i i'm i was was so pleased i was like i would love to be on the podcast of I'm, course i'm you know what's so funny too is i'm glad dave reached out because i'm super shy about asking but we've been friends for a long time and i yeah. shouldn't be like hey jen no. will you come on the podcast but i'm like i'm so bad with that so that's why dave reaches <laughs> out because i'm like you know whatever i hate to whatever my no. own insecurities no it's, it's a I, I'm, I'm honored to be here this is incredible it's been great to see you do your thing thank over you. the years thank you and uh just i'm all love over here yeah, so yeah, 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 you no. know you know and the vibes. Hell yeah. And it's always, it's always, it always, every time you walk through the door, it's always great to see your face, Jen. Respect. It's been a long time. I appreciate that. Love you. Love you too. All right. We'll start winding things down. Right, do you, you want to plug your, uh, actually, Jen, you go first. Uh, announce the thing you're doing in Ohio over the weekend, plug the new record, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. If you are listening and happen to be anywhere near the Mansfield, Ohio area, and it is, what's today, the 12th? Today is the 12th, yeah. Today is the 12th. It's July 12th. Um, sneak into incarceration because it is sold out. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will be selling tickets out there. Right. Uh, the lineup is absolutely incredible. You can find it on IG. I believe is in incarceration, I-N-K, ration, you know, you'll figure it out, uh, <laughs> dot com. You can check it out or it's linked on my IG. You can follow me on IG at J-E-N-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find me on Twitter, Miss Jency, M-S-J-E-N-N-C-I-T-Y. I don't have TikTok. I'm stoked about it, but I, I people are giving me shit. They're yeah. like, you got to be on there. You have, So maybe one day. I don't know. It ain't yeah. today, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could check out GenCity.com. In fact, if you just go to GenCity.com, it will link you to absolutely everywhere. It will link you to where you can find me on Spotify, um, any type of streaming uh, platform, Apple Music. And it'll take you to all the, the twatters, the Twitters, the IG, <laughs> the no TikToking. Um, and I am, I'm on Facebook, but not on Facebook. I deactivated it months ago. I reactivated it cause people said, I've been trying to reach you. And I'm like, you literally have my phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is this possible? <laughs> you literally have my, you pick up, I, nobody wants to pick up the phone and Dude, call people I have the these same days. thing. I have so many people communicate. That's why I'm bummed. My Facebook got hacked. Cause I'm like so many people like yeah. the, who have my phone number communicate me more, communicate me more through Facebook than they do texting yeah. me and stuff you like that. You send me so. a text. Yeah. You literally, yeah. and I'm, I'm like picky about who I give my number to. So I'm like, yeah. you literally, what? Yeah. And you couldn't, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not on Facebook and what? Come yeah. on, get out of here. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I, I, people have been asking me, and it's been years, and I'll put out new music when I want to put out new music. Yeah. You know, that's the vibe. Um, I, I'm more inspired than ever. I can confidently say that. Good. And I do see it more so for next year. And it literally is a healing thing. I just want to be sure I'm putting, you know, anyone see me live know I put on a, a fucking bomb ass show. Yeah. And I want to be sure that if someone's going to take their time, spend their money 
and and come see me that it's going to be an awesome show for them and for at least the 45 minutes they get to see me play or whatever they're going to have an awesome fucking time and it's just going to be good i still have memories of you playing the old lucky 13 hell yeah like packed little i mean the place was the size of this room with a bar inside of it you know what i mean (laughs) and it was like you guys put when suicide city played there somebody was up on the fucking bar it was great it was amazing it it was yeah and so i want to be sure I'm really big on shows being experiences. Yeah. So I want to be sure, like, you come through. I want to be sure that you you leave. You're like, yo, that was some shit. Fuck that yeah. was a good time. <laughs> that was a good time. I, I'm not stressed about this or that. It was an experience. I'm always big on experience shows, not just going through the motions. So. Fuck yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll put out some stuff. I'll, I'll get some some more music out. It's written, so it's okay. done. I just I, I need to work with a, a live drummer just to start demoing everything out. Well, I have things demoed, but it's me and my drum machine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I much rather I like working with live drums at minimum. I could record everything else myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, Don't yeah. So that's that. everything. Gen City J E double N C I T Y dot com. You can find you can find everything there. I definitely encourage you to stop by there, or you can find me on IG. I'm I'm most active on Instagram, um, and yeah, that's that's what I, I got to plug. And Fuck be, yeah. Yep. Jen, thank you. Do, oh the, my gosh. Plug your stiff, and we'll uh, get out of here. Uh, you know stiff. what it is, man. Plug your stuff. Like that, that hit me right Like, what the fuck is a stiff, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I got a piss. That's what happened. Yeah. All right. that's, <laughs> that's the vibe. Everybody, man, frontofdungeonpodcast.com. I'm not frontofdungeonpodcast.com. Frontofdungeonpodcast. Uh, check me out anywhere. Make sure you uh, like and subscribe. Everything uh, Lucky 13 Saloon and uh, Lucky 13 uh, SP. Y- you know all the good shit, man. It's, it's going to be in the stuff. bio. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Just a little more